0: Hello, I'm Kieran Valley,
1: And I'm Kate Valley,
0: And this is Friday Night at Blockbuster, the podcast about the best, our favorite movies from the 2000s. Before we get into this week's movie, last week's episode about the whole before series was kind of dreamt up, or or we decided to pull the trigger on that one finally because I had seen Past Lives, which was, you know, a very romantic movie. And we were sort of like, oh, okay, let's, you know, Let's finally dive into these ones. Before we radically shift (laughs) away from that whole genre of movies, I was thinking it might be time for another Kate pre-1990s movie challenge.
1: Oh, boy. Okay. Um,
0: So, are you interested? Sure. Before I tell you what the challenge is going to be?
1: I feel like it's gonna be some foreign film one or something. It's
0: not really a foreign film. Oh, okay. It's kind of a foreign film. It's in English.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So the movie I would like you to watch before the next episode. Okay. I'm only watching one ep- or one movie this week, so you yeah. should have time. It's not that long. I think it's only about an hour and forty minutes. Okay. Let me look that up, actually. <laughs> It might be longer than an hour. No, it's an hour 42. It's an hour 42. So that's not bad at all. That's doable. That's achievable for sure. The movie I would like you to watch is 1942's Casablanca.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised I've never seen it. Like, I feel like it's one that... I'm
0: not. You've stated (laughs) repeatedly that you don't like movies and don't watch movies that came up before 1990.
1: Yeah, but I think it's just one of those ones so many shows that I watch and so many other movies that I do love have all referenced it that yeah it's probably time I rectify that. It
0: will blow your mind once you start to watch this movie it will blow your mind the number of references that things are making this that you don't know are references yet because you've never seen the movie. Yeah. You know the obvious ones but there are so many more. Okay. So many more. So yeah, what do you, what do you know about Casablanca besides you know the few references like here's looking at you kid and stuff like that?
1: Not really much, I think.
0: You don't know anything at all?
1: No, it's a place, right? Cas- yeah, Cas- Casablanca yeah. is a place. Yeah. Um. In Morocco. Yeah, and I'm guessing based off of the poster and things like that, like it's a love story or a romantic story in some way. In some way. Maybe. Yep. Uh, is what I'm gonna guess. But other than that, like I really don't know. It's anything.
0: about it's about as romantic a movie as you can get that also involves the Nazis.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah. our Nazi friends are yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> our Nazis it, are coming back again. <laughs> it
0: stars Humphrey Bogart. As yeah. a sort of American expatriate living in Morocco, living in Casablanca.
1: Yeah, I recognize um, his name. I don't know if I would have seen him in it. You don't know
0: yet. if you've ever seen Free Bogart? I don't think so. He is maybe like the coolest of cool. Okay. Um, He is just like, he's an all-timer. He's okay. an all-timer. I've spent the last sort of maybe two, three years, like pandemic, the pandemic years, really diving into a lot of his movies. Because he was he was somebody that I think I'd seen like the highlights from. But now I'm deep, I'm diving into sort of the deeper cuts of his movies. And you're just sort of like, God damn, this guy, every time out, every time out is just awesome. Just
1: awesome. Okay. Just
0: awesome. So it stars him. It then stars Ingrid Bergman, who for my money may be the most beautiful woman ever on screen.
1: I would, at some point, if we do a mailbag episode down the line, I want somebody to ask you who is the most beautiful? Cause I feel like every couple episodes you come out with, she's the most beautiful person I, on no. screen.
0: <laughs> I Listen, I can appreciate beauty when yeah, I see no, it in, so in I, all I just, forms.
1: I just want to know who's like your top five. So somebody it, ask here on, Ingrid, at some point.
0: Ingrid Bergman's going to be up there. Yeah. She is incredible. Like, Hey, like she's really, really great actor. Um, And she, like a lot of her best movies have like now become some of my favorite movies just purely because they're, Fantastic, but she is like next level. Okay, next level beauty. So yeah, Casablanca. It's on Crave, so it's easy oh, to find.
1: Easy to found. Love easy that. To,
0: yeah, easy to find. So before next week.
1: Yep, that's doable. That's I do, doable. yeah
0: I may watch it with, like, not watch it with you, but I'll I'll probably watch it this week. Do, do might, a rewatch. It might be time for a rewatch. Okay. So I remember watching it the first time a few years ago and being like, "It's all true." Everything I've heard about this movie is true. Is great. So okay. like, yeah, I, I think I would enjoy revisiting that again.
1: Is it kind of, because I know we're coming into summer movies coming out that are maybe a little bit, not tougher, but like, is this kind of like a lighthearted movie or like not so lighthearted?
0: Um, well, it's not, I wouldn't say it's not, it's not that lighthearted. It's definitely, it's got that thing like the 1940s, like you're still in, um... Like the the censorship codes and things like that, so like they couldn't really do or say certain things. Okay. But there's like heavy implication of stuff, and like we'll we'll get into it a little bit more. Like the way that they made after I watch it. Okay. Yeah, the way that they made Casablanca is also like a fascinating story in and of itself. So like we'll save some of that for next week. But yeah, it's like it's it is a romance. Okay. It is a romance. However, I think it's more of a romance. In the way that I like romantic movies where it's sort of like, it's not all roses and fairy tales and animals falling on your fingers and things like, you know what I mean? Like okay. birds descending and things like that. It's, it's not like that. Okay. But it is still a romance. Okay. It's definitely a romance. Okay. So, but there's also Nazis. Yeah. So, yeah, y- y- you know. You get some, you how, have how, to give how some. How
1: romantic of a movie can it truly be when without. Not, with, Yeah. <laughs> with we, or without knots.
0: You need a great antagonist <laughs> in these, in these, uh, romance movies. That's the big thing about Twilight. There was no antagonist. <laughs> so their, their romance was meaningless. It meant, <laughs> who cares? They're just two crazy kids. We can move on to this week's episode. Yep. This week's movie, I should say. Um, which is not a romance. No. Yeah, there's very little romance in this at all. Um, We, of course, are going back to December 17th, 2002 to talk about the Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise movie Minority Report. And uh, just right out of the gate, I saw that you gave this a really high score on Letterboxd.
1: I, I think it was either last week or the week before you had me rank movies. Yeah. This is probably now my favorite one. This is the
0: favorite one that you've yeah. done on the podcast now. Yeah. Okay, so what, <laughs> what about Minority Report did you respond to so much? Because this was the first time you'd ever seen it, right? Yeah,
1: first time I'd ever seen it. Don't really know. I think I might have heard about it before, but didn't know anything about the story. So this was truly a blind watch. Some of the other ones we've done, I've at least heard talk about them or know maybe something, maybe an aspect of it. This was truly, didn't know anything. Um, I just really enjoyed the story. I loved that it was set in the future, but it wasn't like a kitschy future or something. Like, it it seemed more of a realistic future to me in, I don't think it's going to happen in 20 years with the cars coming down the sides of buildings and things like that. But like, maybe in 100 years, that might be possible. I enjoyed that they chose one aspect to really make very futuristic, which was, like, tech. They didn't have people dress differently. They didn't have us, like, the humans morph into other things or, like, have us be able to, you know, fly or have gills or something stupid like that. It was really just the tech that they brought more futuristic. And then just the whole concept of the whole pre-crime Aspect of it all, where they were able, the three precogs, I think is what they they were referred as, these three beings were able to predict if somebody was going to commit a certain type of crime. Not all crimes they could predict, I think. Just just murder, I think. Just murder was the one. But the whole idea then that it was, you could predict it and they could stop it, but then the whole... Mor- I, uh, moral question? The moral question, I <laughs> guess. Yeah, this um, is
0: one of my points I was going to ask you.
1: <laughs> is is it still a crime if it was never committed? Yeah. Like, I yeah. just... Yeah. I... It was a tough go that night when we tried to watch it because it wasn't working at first and I was trying to watch it off of something and I really enjoy sometimes watching movies with subtitles, even if it's an English movie, I find that I can catch things a little bit easier and I nearly didn't watch it that night because... The thing wasn't streaming properly. I wasn't getting subtitles and all of that. And I was like, no, like, and the movie's two and a half it's, hours it's, long. It
0: long. It is long. Yeah, It is long. It doesn't like, feel that long, no. but it is definitely long.
1: Yeah. And so I was like, if I don't start it in the next kind of 15 minutes, I'll be up until after midnight. And like, that's not realistic anymore with me and stuff. And so, but we got it working. And then I was just like, oh no, I'm glad I watched this.
0: Just a quick digression, <laughs> just because of something you said there, which I have totally always I forget that you do this until I come over and watch something with all of you guys.
1: The but subtitles? You, but
0: yeah, you do watch a lot of things with subtitles. And this brings up again that like, we definitely need to do a foreign language. Yeah. You'd be fine. <laughs> you watch everything with subtitles already. So like, yeah, we're definitely doing a foreign language. Part of language the subtitles
1: movie. now is because with Briar, although I don't watch a lot of things now with her in the room. If she was making noise, you can't hear anything on the movie anyways. Just just turn it up. Kieran has now experienced this when he tried to watch a movie when we were over at his place a couple weeks ago. Did you not
0: just drown her out to sort of like give her the hint to be like, hey, shut it?
1: So we put subtitles on or we're watching something in the basement and her room is right beside it and so we need to keep the volume down so that she can't, we don't wake her up. So once again, subtitles. So I've just gotten used to subtitles. So yeah, I'm maybe... I think we have next week planned, but maybe the week after we'll do a foreign... I, I think
0: the week after it's yeah. definitely a foreign language time. here. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the thing with Minority Report is, yeah, you bring up a lot of points there, which, like, we may sort of unpack a little bit more. I think the whole thing about the, the tech, sort of, like, that's the only real advancement that, you know, this society has done in the movie. Everything else is more or less relatively... Yeah on par with where like they live in a lot of the houses are still more or less the same i think um, they have just
1: made like apartments bigger yeah like, yeah the yeah apartment which like units are smaller
0: but like we're doing that already yeah. you know what i mean like i think the thing that i enjoy about you know these types of sci-fi futuristic movies is that ability to go through the movie and be like okay we don't have that yet but like we're not far away. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like, there's a lot of the tech in this movie that even though it feels really futuristic, you can sort of, if you take a look around at what we already have, you're sort of like, it's not that far. Yeah. We're not that far off. And
1: I'm thinking like their cars, like Tesla's kind of doing it a little bit already. Yeah. Like
0: there's, they obviously sort of fly or hover on the roads and the roads go up, down, left, right. You know what I mean? Like,
1: but they're not driving the the car, but
0: they're not driving the car. And we've, you know, self-driving cars are right around the corner and so yeah like we're 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 more or less right there with a lot of the tech and i think for me that just like puts this movie in like a really interesting space of being like both like a futuristic utopia dystopia but then also like a film noir like it is like it is a detective movie at the end of the day and they don't lose sight of the fact that like yeah we've been telling detective movies for 50, 60 years at this point, like there are tried and true story beats. Like as long as we hit those beats, we can fuck around with the tech and stuff and yeah. make it fresh and interesting. But like, you know, we know these things work. So let's, you know, let's do those. And then even then they, they play around with it. Like you, they're not solving, they are solving a murder. They're just solving the murder before the murder happens.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: and so it's like, okay, like even like, you know, just a little twist, a yeah. little, little difference on, on what we normally get. And you know, all of a sudden you get a movie that I think for me is in Steven Spielberg's top five movies. This is, this is easily one of my favorite movies that he's ever made.
1: Yeah. I think when we were talking about this week and because the new Mission Impossible is coming out, we kind of had said, oh, we'll we'll do a Tom Cruise. And I think maybe you mentioned last week, we had looked at the other Mission Impossible yeah. movies that came out in this decade and you kind of weren't overly thrilled about the two. I think there was two that came out. Yeah. So you weren't overly thrilled about them. And then you were kind of like, let's do minority reporting. You're like, it's usually overlooked, maybe not necessarily forgotten, but it's not the first one yeah. when people think of Tom Cruise now that they necessarily think of. So I'm glad we did it. I loved it. So. Well, yeah,
0: your your score reflects that definitely. <laughs> do you want to talk about Cruise or do you want to talk about Spielberg first? You pick. Okay, well, let's sideline Cruise for a, a, a brief, 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 brief second here. With Steven Spielberg, I don't know if we've ever sort of had this conversation, but like, what does he mean to you, if anything at all? Because I would say before joining me on this podcast, (laughs) yes, I don't want to miscategorize you, but I would say that you were not a very like movie person. You would watch movies, but they weren't sort of like, you weren't diving into the history of them. You weren't sort of unpacking them in the way that you already are now.
1: I would agree with that.
0: So like for somebody of Spielberg's reputation and, you know, iconic status in movie making over the last 60 years at this point, like what does he mean to you in terms of a, like, do you love his movies? Have you watched a lot? Is he sort of just a name? Is he somebody that you say, okay, it's probably going to be good, but like ultimately it depends on what the story is going to be or who the actors he's got in the movies get like, Does he move the needle for you at all? Or is it like purely dependent on whatever the story is in terms of like getting excited or, you know, wanting to see something?
1: Um, so lots of questions there. Um, (laughs) he probably was just a name to me. I don't know even before this, if I would have gotten excited about his upcoming movie. Up until this point, probably couldn't tell you a lot of, I wouldn't remember a lot of the movies that he had done. Right. I would say I'm still not necessarily great at that. You have that brain or that mind where like, if we tell you an actor, you could be like, well, they were in this and this and this and this. I don't have that. I don't have that kind of memory bit. So. I. That's that's
0: what not having children. Yeah. Like (laughs) I have time to look at this stuff and just retain, take it all in. Yeah. So. I'm not in charge of feeding schedules and bathing schedules and (laughs) napping schedules except for myself but even then I
1: sometimes forget forget
0: and fail miserably at those
1: um so yeah like looking back I've pulled up his letterbox now I've logged 13 of the 43 movies that he's directed
0: yeah like I was kind of thinking I was kind of This is what I was kind of thinking was that you have probably seen more than you realize that you've seen yeah but that's why I was curious as to like were you watching these movies because you were saying to yourself, oh, it's a Steven Spielberg movie. I want to watch it. Or were you watching these movies because you were just like, oh, it's a movie about a guy in a stuck in an airport terminal. Like, I'll watch that. And it just happens to be a Spielberg I would
1: movie. say it's probably more it happens to be a okay. Spielberg. Because okay. looking at the ones pre, I would say most of them now I've watched because of the podcast. Um, but pre-podcast, I would have watched the likes of Lincoln. Yeah. Well, I would have been interested in Lincoln. The history of because it. Because yeah. the history aspect. Um, BFG because the whole idea of the giant and things like that. So I've, for I've me, never
0: seen BFG. Would you, you haven't? No. What'd you make of that?
1: I liked it. I think I watched it. Oh, I think I enjoyed it. I only gave it a two apparently. Um, so I didn't <laughs> think it was very good. Did <laughs> I even
0: say that's enjoy? I don't even know. That's a failing grade.
1: <laughs> but I think I watched it in Scotland when I was by myself. Oh, okay. So I think that so probably a little, also. A tainted. Yeah. tainted. A little Just influenced it and things. Um, But I would say now, going back, for the most part, I enjoy his movies as a whole. I don't necessarily think I pick up on, I think you've talked about it before, his love of movies influences his movies. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: but like, again, I don't want to keep harping on about this pre-1990s thing, (laughs) but like, Steven Spielberg came up watching movies in the 40s, 50s, 60s, like... That's what he's pulling references from. So, like, you just don't, so you don't, I don't know those movies. I, so,
1: I don't, yeah. So, I can't appreciate yeah. those aspects. But I do enjoy the movies that he has made that I've seen, so.
0: He is kind of a, like, he, I don't want to say even kind of, like, he is a master storyteller. Like, he knows exactly how to plot out these movies so that they are, like, both I think they tend to lean towards sort of like popcorn entertainment. Like, you know, he did all the Jurassic parks. He did the the majority now of the, the Indiana Joneses and things like that. You know, Jaws is a horror, but Jaws is still like a huge summer blockbuster. Yeah. So like, you know, I think that's, that's where his taste skews and, and things like that. And which is like, you know, really satisfying at times. I think, he does have, I've I mentioned this, I think, on the Indiana Jones podcast where like he has this tendency to like over sentimentalize certain things where it's sort of like now like this would have been better if you were like, if you, Steven Spielberg, were like a little bit sort of more okay with like the darkness of yeah. humans, this would have been better. Like in the original version of E.T. when the kids are escaping on the bikes and ETs in the basket, all the police that are chasing them, you can see them holding guns because they're police officers. Yeah. Right. In the re-edited updated version that I think got released in the 90s, he had digitally removed all the guns and put in walkie talkies because he had now become a parent. And he was Uh, like to have kids on screen with guns was like terrifying to him, but it does take away from this, feeling of like the point of the guns was that it it was dangerous. Like this is dangerous. They are being chased by police officers with an alien. Yeah. This, this should be dangerous.
1: So like, I don't think an alien would warrant just walkie talkies. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) So like he does do that sometimes or, you know what I mean? Like, but I think in some movies it works. I think for that tone in the Indiana Jones movies, it totally, totally works. But then on the flip side, when you get a movie like Minority Report or like Saving Private Ryan, where there's no sentimentality at yeah. all, you're sort of like, holy fuck, like if he wanted to do this, he could, he just chooses to do the other thing. And I, that's why I think I respond to these movies. Like my top five or top 10 Steven Spielberg movies are most of the ones where you're sort of like, was he having a bad day? <laughs> <Yeah. 'Cause, laughs> like, like, well, this is not like, you know, the BFG.
1: Should somebody call him and check like, in on yeah, him? Is like, <laughs>
0: Stephen, okay. Is he doing all right? Cause this is, this is hard. Like
1: for you then being such a movie person, does his name influence if you're going to see a movie?
0: Uh, yes and no. So the problem, or no, like not even the problem. The thing with Steven Spielberg is that, you know, he does have these like ebbs and flows in his career where like, you know, he'll make three or four great movies in a row. Like, you know. At the beginning of his movie, he made, you know, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jaws, and I think think the first Indiana Jones, almost like back to back to back. Mm -hmm. And then he comes out and makes 1941, which is like a terrible comedy. And then, you know, he comes back and makes a couple more movies in the 80s. And then, you know, at the end of the movie, at the end of the 80s, he makes Always and Hook, which are like both bad. Yeah. Uh, Sorry for anyone who likes hook out there. Hook, hook is terrible. Hook's a bad movie, but like he does have these ebbs and flows. Um, minority report to sort of stay on this this movie (laughs) is like right in the middle of one of my favorite, like flows. Okay. Um, where like he does saving private Ryan, he does this, he does catch me if you can. And you're just like, fuck Stevens. He's got it. He's, he's 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 back. he's, He's back. He is back. But then af- basically after this movie, with the exception of Munich, he more or less doesn't make, in my eyes, like a great movie again for like 16, 17 years until he comes back with West Side Story last year. And so while he definitely does influence me and, and like I will... like, There's still some movies that I'm missing that I haven't seen of his that I will eventually get back to and, and cross off the list. Because I have come to movies at a time where he wasn't making his best movies. Yeah. I don't hold him sort of in as high esteem as somebody like Martin Scorsese, who has been making great movies as I've been falling in love with movies and researching movies and, you know, diving more and more into this world or things like that, you know what I mean? So, like, it's not fair to compare the two of them because... They ultimately do make wildly different types of movies, but because they came up at the same time. They're because, often compared. Because they're friends, you know what I mean? Like they they would give each other notes, they would do things. Um they they're also just maybe two of the most important filmmakers, American filmmakers, anyways, in the last fifty years. Like it's hard not to compare them. Yeah. And my tastes certainly just skew towards Scorsese. I just like the stories that he tells more, and he's been making great movies since I've been kind old, of fourteen, fifteen, yeah. and getting into movies. Whereas for Spielberg, most of those were beforehand. Which, like, Jaws, perfect. Love Jaws. Like, there's, I can easily go back and appreciate the things he did beforehand. But there is that sort of like twenty years there where it's like eh, he didn't really make anything that great. So you know, that's kind of where I come on Steven Spielberg. But then again, like, that's why I have minority report in such high esteem where it's like he he did it like he can do it when he you know everything aligns for him perfectly fuck the guy can still yeah hit it out of the park which he absolutely does in this movie should we move to cruise
1: let's move to cruise okay the man of the hour your favorite
0: (laughs) i just i don't know what it is i just love his
1: movies
0: (laughs) this for him similar to to spielberg who's like in the middle of a really great run of movies this for Cruz is in the middle of his like auteur era, where like he only made movies with the best directors. Okay. And so like there's there's a run of movies from basically 1996 to 2005 where he only makes movies. He makes two movies with Cameron Crowe. He makes two movies with Spielberg. He makes a movie with Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, he makes he makes Collateral with Michael Mann, which yeah. we've already talked about. He then makes. Uh, or not then makes, but he also makes Eyes Wide Shut with Stanley Kubrick, which like takes like two years and like more or less is like the reason why his marriage dissolved and everything like that. Like it's not a good time for him, but it's a really great movie. It's a good movie. But like even the one, like he makes Mission Impossible 2, which was one of the Mission Impossibles we could have talked about, except it's my least favorite. And I think it's the worst one. But even that was with John Woo, who's like this highly revered. Hong Kong action director. And you're sort of like, that's a great idea. Like yeah. giving the guy, that guy the reins to the mission impossible franchise is a great idea. The movie just didn't work, but yeah, he's right in the middle of that run. And like his characters are all over the place. They're all interesting. They all challenge him in some way. And then after 2005, he more or less just like, is like, now nah, I'm going to be the action guy.
1: Yeah. Mission impossible. Yeah. Mission
0: impossible, <laughs> top gun, like a few other action movies sprinkled in here and there. Yeah. Um, he just wants to like drive fast cars, drive fast motorcycles, fly Fly planes planes. yeah, (laughs) and it's sort of like, okay, cool. Like I will love to watch you do all of that as well. But like this run is like, this is interesting. This is interesting stuff from Cruise.
1: Yeah. I, I think I enjoyed that. Yes, this was an action movie. But for me, it was more sci-fi. Like we often kind of say it was more this than that. Yeah. It's definitely more sci-fi than action for me. Yeah. So like the little bits of action that he got to do, I then got to just enjoy. If it was all action, I find sometimes him in all action, you get tired, you get not necessarily bored, but like, okay, what else is there? Like, what else can you do? So the little bit of action that he did in this was awesome for me.
0: Well, and it just like goes a long way then as well, right? Like. It's not going from one action set piece to the next action set piece. It's very much like there's a long stretch of him doing actual detective work to try and figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. And then he runs into the police and he has to, you know, kick their ass for five, ten minutes. And then we go back to, he's a detective. Like, this is what he's going to do. Like, yes, he's a police officer, I suppose. But, like, he's a police officer in a world and in a department where he doesn't really get to beat people up. I don't think no. like he just more or less swoops in and arrests them before they murder somebody, but like, he's certainly not a police officer in the way we imagine, or we see, Yeah, police. not like the
1: beat cop. Yeah. Kind
0: of. Yeah. So like, it's not an action movie. There's yeah. just little bits of action in it. And, and even then, like some of those scenes are, are great in terms of, again, showing you that little bit of like in an advanced society, slightly advanced society. Like they're gonna have a gun that just like shoots an air blast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I
0: mean? Like it's not gonna be bullets all the time, and you're just like, it's just cool. It's a cool idea, and then visually, it's,
1: it's just something else. It's to... just something
0: else. Yeah, it just looks cool on film to see, you know, these like air blasts. Yeah. Pushing people across the and they rooms used and stuff.
1: Like nightsticks a lot. I think. As yeah. Well, right. Yeah. So that had like electricity or something else that made the one guy get sick, but. <laughs>
0: I think for, so like, I'm sure people at this point are like tired of hearing me talk about Tom Cruise, but like, (laughs) is he similar to Spielberg in terms of like, he's kind of just a name to you? Or is he an actor that you actively enjoy being like, there's a new Tom Cruise movie out? Cool. I like Tom Cruise, the persona. I like the movies that he makes. I want to watch that.
1: He's probably more of a name for me, but it's kind of funny, the new Mission Impossible because it's the one that's coming out, right? I'm interested to see it because I know it will be a fun movie. Like you can go, you'll have two hours or however long it is.
0: I think this one's pushing three. (laughs) Is it? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh boy. Um, I can't wait. (laughs) But like, I know, I'm pretty sure like you'll, everybody will come out of there being like, maybe it wasn't the greatest movie. Maybe it didn't challenge your mind. Maybe you don't re-examine life. But did you enjoy that three hours? Probably. So like I think now he just makes like enjoyable movies.
0: He's always like a pretty classic case of like, is this guy a good actor or just like a good movie star? Yeah. And I think he's both. I've seen it. Like, again, we're going pre-1990s. But like he he had a run or he had an era there where it was very clear like he wanted to win an Oscar. And so he was taking on really challenging roles and like really interesting characters where he's still Tom Cruise. You still can't get away from how he looks, but he was trying to disappear in characters. And like, I love all of those movies. (laughs) Um, He then, you know, gets in an era like this where he's like, I just want to work with the best filmmakers. And, you know, most of those movies that I rattled off there are like not action movies and he's not, the cool guy in them. He's kind of a loser in a lot of those movies (laughs) because that was like against type for him. So like he, he was genuinely trying to challenge himself and do something different. And then I think he just like got it out of his system and then was just like, no, you know what? I'm the most awesome thrill seeking person in the world. That's what I'm going to, I just, that's what I enjoy doing. So I'm going to spend the rest of my life making sure that all my movies are geared towards that and it's like okay cool yeah you know i'm certainly not going to do anything that he ever does in the movie so like i'll you get come, to live vicariously come, yeah.
1: through him i'll
0: come watch you do it because i'm not gonna go do yeah. it
1: do yeah. you think though like because he never won an oscar no right should he have in yeah. some of those ones yeah yeah
0: yeah he definitely should have won at least one if not two. Oh wow okay yeah
1: i think uh 1999
0: he is nominated 1999 1998 I don't know. He's nominated for his role in Magnolia. He's fucking phenomenal in Magnolia. Like he is incredible. It's like an ensemble. There's like 14 characters, but he's the standout character. And then he made this movie, I think it came out in 89, um, called Born on the Fourth of July. It was like a Vietnam movie. And I think it just came at the end of like a run of Vietnam movies where I think everyone was sort of like, we're a little tired of this. Like, yeah, we get it. Vietnam was fucking horrible. Um, like he got nominated. I think he got nominated for that role. Um, and like the movie did quite well, and it's an Oliver Stone movie who had just made Platoon and won everything for Platoon. But like he is incredible in that movie. I re- I remember watching that during the pandemic when I was doing an Oliver Stone run, and just being like, "Holy shit!" Like this guy is phenomenal. And then like controversially, I think. You you know about the movie Rain Man? Yeah. With Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. So Dustin Hoffman won for that role. I think Cruz is infinitely better than he is in that oh, movie. Okay. Infinitely better. Like Dustin Hoffman, especially.
1: Were they both nominated? Or did no, he, he Cruise, didn't get nominated No. Cruz didn't get nominated at all. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Cruz didn't get nominated at all. I think Hus, I think Dustin Hoffman is like good, but for me, Dustin Hoffman is the supporting role in that movie. Tom Cruise is the lead. So there's like a little bit of category manipulation going on because I think Hoffman ended up getting pushed to lead role and like I get it coming out of the movie like Hoffman is the character that you maybe remember because of like how the character is portrayed Um, but certainly over the last 25 30 years since that movie like Cruz's performance in that movie gets better and better and better whereas Hoffman's gets worse and worse and worse because we now have we 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 understand more about how you know people with uh autism should be portrayed and you know, what are the cliches and what are the stereotypes, and it's like Dustin Hoffman plays into all of those. And it's like, I get it, in 1988 or whatever that movie came out, like we weren't as aware, but at the same time, it's like at that time Cruz still put in an unreal yeah. performance and it just like completely got overlooked. So Yeah, I would have him at least with one. Okay. Um, And I do kind of wonder, like, if he had gotten one when he wanted it. Like, I don't think he wants one anymore.
1: No? He's over over the...
0: I don't think he's trying. I think there, there could have been a campaign for him last year with Top Gun if he had campaigned. But he just didn't campaign. I don't think he cares anymore. But there's a part of me where it's like, if he had gotten one, like, what kind of movies would he have made then? Yeah. Like, could we have had instead of the last 10 or 15 years of these like insane action movies, we've gotten like 25 years, yeah. 30. Like would he have given up on that sooner? Cause he'd be like, I've already done it.
1: I've got the top prize. Got, kind of.
0: Yeah. I've got what I wanted. I'm just now going to go off and do, you know, what makes me happy. It's like, I think we could have been insane. Do you
1: think what he might get though? Cause like we've talked before about people getting Oscars kind of past the prime or when they should have got it as more of like, you missed it. Ten years ago, we're gonna give it to you now,
0: like a lifetime achievement award, more or less. So it's interesting you bring that up because this past week, Tom Cruise reached the same age that Paul Newman was. Okay. When Paul Newman and and Cruise were in this movie together called The Color of Money, and essentially what it is or what that movie is is Paul Newman is returning to play a character that he had played, I think like twenty five years earlier in The Hustler. He played, it's a pool shark uh, called Fast Eddie. And he comes back as like a 25 year sequel to play that character again where he coaches Tom Cruise's character who's like the new upcoming Flash player, right? And the whole thing was that it's like, it's so clear when you watch the movie that it is a, a passing of the baton where it's like Paul Newman, major movie star, Tom Cruise, like, lightning, you know, rising up, yeah. coming through, you know, he'd just, uh, he'd just done the first Top Gun, you know, he was on his way to being the biggest movie star we've ever seen. And this movie comes right in the middle of that, where it's like, it's very clearly Newman being like, here you go, kid, like you're next, take it and run. Yeah. I don't think Tom Cruise will ever do a movie like that (laughs) where he is the Newman character, and and he says to another actor like, "Here you go, you're the new movie star." Because I think he still thinks
1: he's the movie star. He's
0: the movie star, which like he is. Yeah, he just did Top Gun, which made over a billion dollars. So there's a little bit in Top Gun where it's like, you know, it it is Cruise like teaching these younger guys. And he's in like the older gentleman, the older phase of of his yeah. career and his life. But at the end of the day, he still flies the mission. I was say,
1: yeah, he was a teacher, but then he gets out, uh, goes out and flies the plane. Yeah, like he still <laughs> shows them yeah, up.
0: <laughs> yeah, like he's yeah, he gets the scene where he's like, you know, this impossible mission that you guys all have been struggling with. I'm gonna do it in less time. Yeah. <laughs> so like he still does that. It's a yeah. I don't I don't know if he's ever gonna do the Paul Newman role of like, here you go, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to step aside and let the next generation come up. But like, who knows in, in 10, 15 years when he's 70 something. I was
1: about to ask, how old is he? He's
0: like 60. Oh God. Okay. Like
1: he's
0: not young. He's not a young man, (laughs) but yes, I don't know. Maybe when he's 80. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what, what he'll eventually do or, or whatnot. Like he's, he's an interesting cat. That's for sure. The person I think who really... Stands out in this movie. I
1: was waiting for this because I read your review. Yeah. And he's your favorite in the movie, so.
0: Really fucking crushes it is Colin Farrell.
1: He now is one, if I see his name on a boaster.
0: You're going? I'm going. Okay, so he's He's, one, in, he's, he's in that role yeah, now. Okay.
1: Because yeah. I, in all of the movies I've seen of him, I always enjoy his role. Right. So he is one that I, yeah, will check out.
0: I, so. I, I could show you some really... <laughs> weird ones because he is he's an interesting character because he's so clearly like we talk about this thing of like leading men or leading women and then like character actors yeah and the character actors are always like supporting roles or like background roles but they're always like doing something interesting where you sort of like take note and you're always like oh yeah like that guy that guy that guy I think Colin Farrell wishes that he could only ever be that guy But he is so beautiful. Yes. (laughs) We tried for years to make him a leading man. And I don't think he enjoys it at all. But like in this role where he's more or less like he's like the third lead in this movie. Maybe even fourth lead. I think this is his sweet spot. I think this is what he loves doing because he just has to show up for like six or seven scenes he can be doing something weird because we're all going to be watching Tom Cruise, anyways. Yeah, um, you know, he could he can have a weird mannerism or a weird accent or whatever he wants to do. Uh, he can be like pretty sinister, like.
1: I was gonna say, I think I probably watched him more on the screen. Yeah, when he was on scenes with other people, I was always kind of like, "Oh, what's what's, what's, co- what's what's Colin what's, doing?" What's he like- up to?
0: <laughs> well, because it's it's funny with this movie that he like because we're we're so connected to Tom Cruise's character and like, you know, we don't want him to ultimately do this murder. Uh, we want him to be able to prove that he's innocent and he, that he won't do it. But because Colin Farrell's the one who's tracking him down, Colin Farrell more or less becomes the bad guy Yeah. in the movie, even though he's just doing his job. Yeah. Based he's not on, a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Like based on the system that Tom Cruise had been in charge of up until this moment, like Colin Farrell's just doing the exact same thing where yeah. he's like, yeah, they've said you're going to murder somebody and they're never wrong. So I'm going to stop you, you before you can do this murder. But yeah, so it's like, it's a pretty interesting role for him to to be in because he both gets to be the bad guy. But then ultimately you're sort of like, yeah, but he was also doing nothing wrong. So yeah. he's not that bad.
1: And then like, spoiler for people who haven't, but like then when he's killed, I'm yeah. there. I actually gasped. <laughs> <laughs> it happened and I was sitting there being like, Oh my God, they killed him. But like, no, cause he's one of those characters for me that I'm like, you can't kill him. You can't kill Colin Farrell. So.
0: Colin Farrell dies in a <laughs> lot of movies. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. The more you watch, the more he dies. So I just, I, I just really loved that. Like this was so early in his career and he, he gets scenes with Tom Cruise. He gets scenes with Max von Sydow, who like you probably don't know because again, nope. pre 1990s, <laughs> but like they were big deals. And this is one of his first roles and he like steals the scene from them. Yeah. Scene after scene. Like you were saying, he's the one that you're sort of being like, okay, but what's Colin up to? Yeah. Let's see what he's doing. Like, he oh, draws I'm supposed the to be eye.
1: watching him, but yeah. like.
0: He draws the oh, eye. Oh,
1: Colin's over there. Exactly.
0: Like- <laughs> exactly. And I think it's a great way to sort of announce yourself on a major stage. I think he'd done a couple roles before this and he'd he'd certainly, he'd been in like Irish TV before. Sort of yeah. coming over to America and whatnot. But this was like a, this is a big movie. This is a Steven Spielberg, Tom Cruise, huge budget movie. And he comes out of it being like, everyone will know who I am. Exactly. And he very quickly becomes, you know, an A plus lister. And, you know, we sort of lose him for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> And he, but he's coming back. Well, he's, like, yeah, like, like he he has he's on record as saying like he doesn't remember making certain movies oh god. in this time period <laughs> because he wasn't sort of fully there. But over the last 10 years, there's nobody better. There's been nobody more interesting, you know, better movies. It's sort of like that's a little weird, but like cool, that's definitely different. Yeah. And like he's he's number one in that. And like, god damn it, he didn't win that Oscar. Like oh.
1: Fuck. But I think I enjoy I enjoy actors that don't pigeonhole themselves. Yeah. Like, that always do something different. Maybe it doesn't always hit. Maybe it's always not great. But at least they're doing something different. They're doing...
0: You don't know what you're um, going to get. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: like, I enjoy that. The thing with Tom Cruise is you now know he's only going to do the action movies. He's going to do the ones that he can drive the fast cars, drive the planes, drive whatever. So like I know I can go and I'll enjoy them, but it's not interesting choices right. to me anymore. Yeah, 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 so yeah. No, I,
0: I I think I understand that. I think the thing just to defend my guy here a little bit, <laughs> I think the difference with Tom Cruise and somebody like The Rock, yeah. who only makes sort of popcorn action movies as well, is that like Tom Cruise's movies are the best that they can like they're the best in that category. Yes, you know what I mean. Like he is going to make sure that like yes, you know I'm going to do this stunt. I'm going to do that stunt. I'm going to do whatever. But I'm going to make sure that they are stunts that a nobody's ever seen before, and b like probably no one's ever going to top except myself.
1: Yeah, they're doable. They're d- yeah, they're doable. But like maybe to that like you'd have to tent. be insane to do yeah. it,
0: which <laughs> he clearly is. Whereas somebody like The Rock is just like, yeah, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to do the same old thing in every single yeah. movie and I'll just collect my big paycheck and then I'll make another 10 of these tomorrow. And it's sort of like those are the ones where it's like, those are so boring yeah. because I know exactly what th- his persona is going to be. I know exactly what the tone of the movie is going to be where at least with Cruise, it's going to be like, I'm going to see something that I've never seen. Especially now with the, like, you know, now that he's only doing Mission Impossibles and stuff. Where, but yeah, I think with, with Farrell though, Farrell, every time I would, I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. I have no idea what the ultimate story is going to be. I don't know what his character is going to do because he will take weird characters for the sake of taking a weird character. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just love watching them. Love watching them. So, and like this movie, I was like, God damn it. Like from day one, from the jump. This guy had it. He had it. And yeah, Spielberg saw something for sure. Yeah. So, Do you have any like, we, we probably like, I don't know, we're talking a lot about like Tom Cruise and Farrell and going off on digressions <laughs> and stuff. with this. Movie, I think that's
1: what we tend to do yeah, now.
0: <laughs> with this movie specifically, is there any like certain scene, any specific scene or any specific moment that like jumps out to you where you're just like, that might be the high point?
1: I think... I enjoyed like I said, I enjoyed the tech. Um, so any kind of the scenes where they really got to explore the tech. So the when he's solving the first like murder yeah. or whatever, um, just the whole concept of oh, they get a ball that drops and it has the name. That I found really cool. I enjoyed then once his name appears and he's like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he like kind of scoots everybody out of the room and turns off the two people that were on the TV screen yeah. I don't know exactly what they're
0: they're they're there to sort of be like witnesses to be oh, like okay. yes we saw we see that you've got the ball that you know we see the names oh, okay. they're, they're just there's like cooperating wi- just like extra witnesses. set of eyes yeah, almost yeah,
1: yeah and stuff I think
0: they're also like because there's something with the storyline of like pre-crime is being used like at this I think local, municipal level but not federally it's not nationwide yet i think they're there to sort of be like we give you permission to do it here now in this city because it's still on like a bit of a trial run yeah and then like ultimately because they they want to take it nationwide those two people then would be like witnesses expert witnesses to be like yes we've seen every case and every single time it yeah. works you know what i mean
1: yeah the whole idea that they they capture the people who have done the evil deed or done the murder or whatever and then well, they we'll lo- do. We'll will do will do the murder yeah. i guess um and then freeze them in they put them in some kind of state and in like tubes or whatever
0: yeah that that like again that's like it's like interesting visually yeah you're sort of like how does this actually work i don't know <laughs> I think they, they put that like halo device on them. Yeah. Uh, which is like their form of like handcuffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think what it does is it like puts you in like a comatose state.
1: It kind of like frees up the jail. Like it's their version of a jail. Yeah.
0: I I think, I think it's because you're ultimately arresting, capturing and arresting way more people than you normally would be. Yeah. Um, one, because you can't solve every murder. And two, like some of these people may have changed their mind and not done it. So, (laughs) but like, if you're getting them before all of that happens, then like you're rounding up way more people. So like they're kind of stacked on each other. Yeah. Instead of having jail cells there. Yeah. So.
1: Um, and then for me, the reveal at the end was just awesome. I actually meant to go back and try and rewatch the last 30 minutes or whatever it is just to watch the reveal again. Um, but I thought they did that in a really interesting way. Cause once again, Tom Cruise is caught, put into his comatose state, and his ex-wife, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, then is talking to his boss and the boss slips up and yeah. I'm just like, every time every time somebody you says something
0: Shut up
1: <laughs> Like, guys, you've got your guy, like in air quotes. Just stop talking.
0: This is why I live a life of solitude. No one will ever know where I buried the bodies.
1: Because you just don't talk to anybody. I don't talk
0: to anybody.
1: But yeah, so, because for me, it's just such like a classic thing in this type of movie, like these kind of action movies, these detective movies, where like the person just says like one extra word and you're just like, you've fucked yourself over. Yeah.
0: But again, like that's... A, that's like a, a film noir thing. Like, you need to go back and watch <laughs> Humphrey Bogart for sure. Like, I think you're going to, I think you're really going to dig Casablanca. And I'm going to use that to Trojan horse. Some other movies. More Humphrey Bogart in, in there. Because, like, that's just like classic, you know, film noir detective sort of thing. But yeah, like, it, it is there to sort of be like, are you paying attention? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like
1: Because it's just such a quick, yeah, like, one... One sentence, one word from him. Yeah. That then she's there being like, oh.
0: Yeah. Huh? What was that?
1: Oh. Yeah. And stuff. And so then, yeah. And when they're able to show the memories or the memories, the visions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. they are. Yeah. Um, Of the precog. It's then shows the whole thing. And I'm there being like, oh, that's how you did it. like. And yeah. So. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think for for me the scene that I just truly love, and I think it was the scene because I watched this on the plane a couple of months ago, coming back from Ireland, and that's that's when I was sort of like, oh, we should probably do
1: an episode, talk <laughs> about
0: this because this is awesome. But the scene that really jumped out to me was the like the spider robot scene. Um, yes,
1: going through the going, building, going
0: through the building, yes. because again, you're sort of like a from like a tech point. i I was like, this is cool. This is yeah. just really really cool where it's like you have these little devices, you got to clear a whole building. There's like a hundred people here. You just got to make sure that Tom Cruise isn't one of them. Yeah. And they release these little spiders who crawl through the vents and stuff.
1: Scan everybody's eyeballs. Scan
0: everybody's eyeball. But the the thing that I truly love about it from like a filmmaking standpoint or whatever is that like Spielberg gives you all this information about Tom Cruise's um, operation up front before – anything else kind of happens so you're sort of like okay like you know we're getting all these things but like the eyes need to be covered for however many hours yeah. and like he's tied to ropes and this rope leads to the bathroom and like we we fill it up you know or whatever with the, the tub of water and shit like that and so he gives you all this information and then they show up with the little spider robots and you're just like oh okay yeah, I see where we're going now and it's like yeah like it's just pure tension like have you ever heard Of the Hitchcock quote about like suspense versus like surprise.
1: Maybe, but.
0: So he, he broke it down because somebody asked him like, what's the difference? Or like, how do you do suspense versus shock or surprise or whatever? And his whole thing was that like, if you show somebody plant a bomb under a table, the audience will be sitting there the entire time when two characters are sitting at the table, the entire time being like, that bomb's going to go off. Like, and... That tension rises. Yeah. Because they know that the longer the scene goes, that bomb is ticking down eventually. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you just show two characters sitting at a table and then the table blows up, like, yes, you will surprise the audience for two seconds, but then ultimately they'll just be like, okay. And like, they'll just, there was a bomb. They'll just settle back down. You know what I mean? And what he wants is that rising tension. He wants you sitting in your seat being like, fuck, like, what's going on? What's going on? And for me, that's what this scene is, where it's like, I'm gonna give you tons of information and then I'm gonna show you exactly how and why I'm I I gave it to you all. And so like as you watch the little spiders crawl through the vents, you in your in your head as you're watching this is like fuck the the timer hasn't gone off. So his you know, he can't expose his eyes, so yeah, they can't scan it, you know, he's you know. They, they, they judge you or they, they figure you where you are based on the heat of your body. It's like, how is he going to get away with that? You know, yeah. he, he's blind. How is he going to even get around this apartment? How can he get out of the unit? How, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like all these questions. And then he's just like, I'm going to answer them. I'm going to, don't worry. Yeah. I'm going to walk you through them all. And then when you think he's escaped the situation, then he's like, no, there's going to be like one little bubble that comes up Yeah. and they're, they're <laughs> going to come back for him. And you're just like, God damn it. Like. <laughs> As a scene of, like, tension and suspense, you're just like, fuck, that is great.
1: Kind of thinking about that now, him then saying to the doctor or whoever, he was doctoring very loosely because I don't think he was really, but the guy who did the surgery and Tom Cruise is there being like, oh, can I get my eyes back? Like, I got them from my mom or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's such a nice moment. And then later when he uses his own eyes to, to like, get, I was just like, oh, that's, like, that's why you wanted them back and stuff. I was like, oh, that's... That's smart. That that little thing is clever.
0: Even even you bringing up Peter Stormar as the doctor, I always love that little bit of tension when Tom Cruise figures out that he's already arrested this guy before and put him in jail, and now he's coming out, and yeah. like, he doesn't remember that, but the Peter Stormar character does, and you're just like, oh, this guy's gonna fuck him up. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is not gonna go well for Tom Cruise. Like, and ultimately, it's fine, but like, there's that little bit as well of like. Yeah, this guy's going to, like, get some revenge here.
1: Yeah, I kind of thought for a brief second, I was like, oh, he's just going to botch the surgery. Yeah, intentionally, yeah. And just, like, not give him eyes or something. Um, Because I will say that did freak me out when Tom Cruise is running earlier in the movie and stops by the drug dealer who gives him the calm inhaler or whatever it was. And he, like, comes out of the shadows and he has no eyes. I was like, oh, God.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah if you want to be truly invisible in, exactly. in this world where it's like all scanning of the eye, like again, like another sort of interesting case of like in this movie, they do that to then like give you specific advertisements yeah. and marketing to be like, Hey Kate, like have you looked at this thing before? And it's because they're scanning your eyes yeah. all the time. Oh, it's it's like,
1: been four weeks since you bought this. Like
0: we don't live that far away from that. No. <laughs> like we already have a version of reality where, that happens all the time, so yeah. Again, like, I'm not, I'm not necessarily trying to make the case that this movie's predictive, but it was just sort of like these little things make it feel more real, and therefore, when something like Pre Crime, where it's like, yeah, we can see into the future before murder happens, it's sort of like by that stage you're already halfway there. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you're not asking me to make this huge leap to that because you've already shown me, yeah, these a lot of this stuff. You know, we're right there. So just do this little leap here at the end to to fully buy into this movie. Is there anything else you want to say about Minority Report? Any, Any other things that jumped out to you?
1: So my one question for you, and maybe I missed them explaining it. His life got turned upside down when his kid was taken from the pool. Yeah. Do you think the kid is alive or dead? No, he's dead. He's dead? Yeah. Did we miss, did I miss the reveal that he is dead?
0: Well, like, the kid's or... been missing for like six years.
1: Okay. So
0: like, I think the kid's dead. Okay. Yeah. I just think, <laughs> I don't think they ever explicitly say, say that the kid is or isn't alive or dead. But like, I think just based on okay. the very little I know about kidnapping, I don't think six years is, is looking good for, I for think a brief- Sean
1: for a brief second when he ends up at his ex-wife's house and somebody opens the door and there's kids toys I was like oh did the m- wife take the kid and like has been hiding him?" oh no you <laughs> so, just
0: like left them all yeah like, yeah that's just like neither of them have been able to like move on but he has fallen into like drugs yeah as a way of dealing dealing with it Where like that's why they aren't together anymore because yeah. like at the end of the movie, there I think they're back together.
1: They're back together and she's pregnant.
0: And she's pregnant. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think it was uh, like, neither of them were handling this very well, but he was handling it a lot worse than yeah. she was. <laughs> so this is probably your favorite movie that you've done so yeah. far? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I don't think I would have...
1: Pegged? <laughs> yeah. guess this? I wouldn't
0: have expected this sort of like strange Spielberg sci-fi detective story to be... Your number one pick, but I guess I wouldn't have necessarily expected Memento to be either, and that's what it was before.
1: Yeah, I enjoy sci-fi ones if they're not too out there, too kind of crazy. um, I do enjoy sci-fi because it's like you've kind of keep saying the idea that we're not that far away from some of these things, that then has me interested in being like, well, how many years until you know we have cars flying down the side of a building? That's
0: why I think you should, you should go watch Black Mirror to go back to that yeah. conversation from a few weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> I think you'd dig Black Mirror. Black Mirror is scarier than this because Black Mirror is like a lot more cynical about like yeah, technologies will destroy our lives. Yeah, um, whereas this movie's like a little bit maybe more loosey goosey about that. But yeah, I think I think you'd dig Black okay. Mirror. To tease next week though, definitely not a sci-fi movie. No. I think this is, is next week, the first double dip on a, on a director that we've done. I think it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. I think it is. Have you seen the Oh, movie? no.
1: Technically, wouldn't it be Spielberg? Indiana Jones in oh. this?
0: Oh, I can't believe. <laughs> Cannot believe. I think we only did that like two weeks ago.
1: I remember that's, things.
0: That's quite literally how little I think of. The fourth Indiana Jones movie that I did not even retain <laughs> that it was a blocked Spielberg out, movie. Blocked out that we. Yeah. Like, yeah, in my head, I think because he didn't do this most recent one in my head, he just like, hasn't been involved, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Spielberg, this is the first double dip. Yeah,
1: this is the first one. So
0: next week is a second whole, double dip, but yeah, uh, next week. Yeah. We're going back. You know, there's a couple big movies coming out on, on that Friday and, yeah. uh, Spoiler alert, it's not going to be a Greta Gerwig movie. Nope. So, that's a there's your tease <laughs> about whose movies we're going to be talking about next week. So, until then, we'll see everybody next Wednesday.
1: See you then. <laughs>